0: Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design, and I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We
1: have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design
0: business, diving into the stuff you don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the co-workers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday.
1: Welcome to another episode of Better, the brand designer podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Giselle. And we are super excited for this very special episode because a drum roll. We have our first ever guest on the show today. Woo-hoo.
0: Yeah. And we're all figuring it out still. So we're really excited to have our first guest, Amber Hukari, owner of Amber Hukari creative.
1: Um, welcome Amber. Um, can you tell our audience just a little bit about yourself,
2: um, and your background so that they can get to know you? Uh, yes. Hi guys. Uh, like Jen and Giselle said, my name is Amber, um, owner of Amber Hukari creative services. Um, and I come with kind of a very diverse background. Um, I have worked probably every possible job from under the sun. Um, literally started my way back in the day with flipping human signs and like for (laughs) whatchamacallit for going and selling houses. That was a 13 year olds hustle of her dreams. (laughs) Um, went on to go and work a bunch of retail jobs. I've worked at stuff like Costco and BevMo and, uh, Best Buy and then, went into kind of the corporate world, um, started out at a... Create Kore- like a Korean tire company, um, did the full fake it till you make it type situation. They were very much needing someone who was really strong with Excel at the time. And there was such a language barrier. I didn't know what they were asking. And <laughs> so I was like, yeah, Excel totally know how to do that. Literally it never opened up an Excel sheet before in my life and then had to <laughs> teach myself real fast. Um, went from that onto kind of a pet insurance company, worked at an engineering firm, a Architectural firm. Um, always had a like a really strong love of art and design and everything. Um, when I was going to college the first time, I actually used to go and paint murals to kind of help pay for some of my ex- or some of my college expenses. Um, and I was originally going for medicine and decided that that just wasn't the route I wanted to take. Um, ended up taking off a bunch of time when I was doing the corporate stuff and. Finally went back. Probably, I took, think I maybe took like a six-year break. Um, ended up going back and got my degree in graphic design and advertising, and kind of really wanted to go and apply that degree towards my like kind of my career path that I was going in the corporate route, um, and. When it, when I got to that um, architectural firm that I was at, that was when I had finally graduated. I had my degree, um, and I was really like transparent with kind of what I wanted to do with life and everything, and what I where I wanted to take it. And it wasn't long before I realized that even though they say they gave the song and dance and said, "Yep, I'm going to be able to. You can definitely do that here. We promote from within, and blah blah blah, and all the things." So it didn't take long before I kind of figured out that that really wasn't the route that was going to happen. So that's when Amber. Card Creative was born, and and it just kind of started out as a side hustle that helped me scratch the itch of, like, wanting to do something creative and artistic, Um, and then a couple years into working at the architectural firm, I ended up having to leave or go on a medical, like, a medical disability, and ended up going and deciding to see, okay, well, can I make this side hustle be my only hustle, and... uh, literally pedaled to the metal and literally haven't gone back since. And that was about five years ago now. And I've been working for myself ever since. Wow.
1: Wow, That's awesome. That's such a, a twisty, windy path, but I feel like there are so many of us who have similar, you know, experiences, like not everyone just like, wakes up as one day as a kid and is like, I'm going to be a brand identity designer, you know, like when I grow up or whatever. So I think it's, I really love like hearing those origin stories, you know, of like how
0: everyone kind of got to where they are today. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. And Amber is a good friend of mine here in the Moore Park slash Westlake village area of California. (laughs) And we actually met through a Tuesdays together meeting in our area. And we've been hanging out every month since What's Tuesdays Together?
1: Um, it's by Rising Tide Society. Oh, right. I think you mentioned that to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just like a bunch of people, um, business owners, just gather together um, on a Tuesday of every month and talk about business-related Things and um, the rising tide gives us the topics to talk about, and um, it's pretty awesome. A lot of them are in the wedding industry, except for the two unicorns like
2: me and Giselle, who actually do designs. But Giselle <laughs> is leaving me,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, that sounds perfect. I mean, hey,
1: like maybe you can meet some clients that way.
2: <laughs> I mean, I picked up a couple clients from the rising tide society, I'm yep. not gonna lie, but <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Well, yeah, so let's dive into the episode today. Um, we usually start with a little Design geeky type question um, to kind of get us all warmed up. So, today's question is um,
0: What color are you currently obsessing over? So, Giselle, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so, recently my obsession is a burnt orange color, Ooh. although that just comes really close to what. I'm kind of getting over now and it's like a blush pink like the millennial pink color yes and, um, I've I've seen it a ton on my in my wardrobe I just noticed like oh wow I have a lot of pink now and now it's turning into that burnt orange like oh, okay now with the burnt orange coming in
2: <laughs> I love it how about you Amber Um, Well, I actually have two. So one of them is, and it's literally a Pantone color. Um, It's the Pantone Ballad Blue. And I think a big part of that is because it's one of my wedding colors. So it's just like this really soft, beautiful, like dusty blue and everything. Like I wouldn't call it baby blue, but I wouldn't call it just blue either. Like it's just, it's so, so pretty and so ethereal and just so romantic and all the things. Ooh, I love those descriptors. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I do brand design. Like, <laughs> I know, how could we tell? I know, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, my other color is definitely that really gorgeous, like, rich mustard yellow color. Um, I And mm. I think part of that mm. might be because my wife is obsessed with it. And it's in all all the things in our house. And blue and yellow are such compliments colors and stuff so it always everything just goes so well together but I've definitely been adding quite a bit more of that mustard color into my palette and stuff so there's little cardigans slipping in and little shirts here and there and oh yeah all the fun things it's so (laughs)
1: so funny like we should like talk sometime about um, the relationship between like being a designer and like fashion and like what we wear and how we express ourselves and like interior design there's like a huge mine like of just amazing conversation to be had around that. Um, but yeah, that actually, like, I have been kind of obsessed with a color similar to the burnt orange that Giselle was talking about, but it's more of like a warm, like, Peach clay is kind of what I'm calling it. I actually want to go and look in my Pantone color books to see if there is a color like an actual official Pantone color. I don't know. I feel like colors are like more official when they have like a Pantone value associated with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, they'll be all over the world. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So like, I don't know. We'll we'll have to share our favorite colors um, in the group, and we can't wait to hear what you guys what colors you guys are obsessing over. I mean, color theory and like application and color usage is one of my favorite things. About about, you know, being a brand designer, and I'm sure you guys all love it too. Yeah,
2: it was one of my favorite classes in college.
1: I'm so jealous you guys take a color theory class. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I went to um, journalism school, so I didn't really get to have that um, that really dis- immersive design um, education. So, like, I love talking to people who went to design school that got those classes that I wasn't able to take. So,
0: <laughs> um, Giselle, do you want to kind of introduce like the topic that we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so today we're going to um, pick Amber's brain on marketing on Instagram for your business. And Amber is a pro. Like if you don't already follow her, go check her out right now or after this episode and and check out all of the work that she's constantly putting out there on her Instagram. And I know she's been really successful on there as well, just from stories that we've shared together. And we're really excited to have Amber here to talk to us about Instagram marketing and how we as brand designers can utilize this platform So Amber, how do you feel about Instagram for marketing your business?
2: Um, Well, I have a very love-hate relationship with Instagram and Instagram marketing. Um, If it's done well, you can definitely use it to your advantage. But if you're not kind of following some of the best practices and really telling a story with your Instagram, it just really can come off as like spammy and super salesy and just kind of gross feeling. Um, I also feel like, there's a lot of times where people take it to the extreme, where if Instagram is kind of the only platform where you are marketing your business, you kind of start to become a slave to it. Um literally glued to your phone all the time. There's no work-life balance. There's no like time for you to actually like unplug and disconnect and just kind of be present with your family and friends and all that stuff. So it really is about finding that balancing act. But when you go, when you find the secret sauce and go and kind of find like the right way to go and do, like do the things, do all the things, go and be marketing yourself, telling your story, going and talking to your ideal client going and making sure that you're going and showcasing your work, et cetera, when it's done well and done in an authentic way, that's just really engaging and goes and doesn't come off as super salesy and spammy. It can really become one of your best tools in your toolbox. Um, like using, like using mine, for example, um, this was the last year like this. Well, I guess since the beginning of 2019, um, I, I, I really took my Instagram and kind of turned it into something serious. So for a while there, I just kind of got so overwhelmed with the idea of having to go and kind of market myself on Instagram and plan out my content and really know what I was saying and talk to my target audience and all the things. And I finally actually sat down and took myself through the same branding process that I take my clients to, to really hone in on who my ideal client was, how to talk to them, what I wanted to say and what story I wanted to tell. And from there, it's just been going off like gangbusters Mm so it's been really going and making sure that the content that I'm putting out is going out in a super intentional way and it's going showing a nice mix of brands that I've done websites that I've done different like Mood boards that I've done, little going and sprinkling my own personal life in there so people can actually get to know me as a person, not just the company as a designer, etc. So, really making sure that you're going and covering all the things but not covering them in like. A really gross way.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I completely agree. Instagram can feel incredibly overwhelming. And, like, that was one of the major reasons why I held off on starting my business for so long, was because I felt like it was so saturated. I felt like, you know, even if I posted, then no one would care. You know, I didn't know that there were specific strategies and um, just methods that you could use to have that intentionality behind it rather than just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping yeah. that it will stick. Um, so I'm really excited to dig into some of those um, those tips and, you know, recommendations that you have, Amber, for maybe designers who are, are starting out or people who have, you know, had an Instagram following for a while, but are like looking to
0: bring that to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Amber, what do you do for in terms of like planning your content?
2: So when it comes to like planning my content, so I used to use um, a platform called Sked Social um, and I was, I used it forever and was absolutely obsessed with it. And it was kind of one of the first ones that came to, came like, came with the ability to actually auto post your content for you. So it wasn't just like a later, like before later would do the auto posting and everything where it would push to your phone and then you would have to still manually post the post to your feet or whatever. So I used to use Sketch Social for a long time. They've done, they've been going and really upgrading all of their software, but in the process, you know how things kind of tend to look worse before they look better? Mm -hmm. Their particular interface isn't as user-friendly as it used to be, um... Whereas I used to be able to go and just kind of like do a drag and drop type situation and be able to at least plan my feed, the grid out, and then I would just kind of go in and caption it. Now it's not as user-friendly where I can do that. I know that that's something that they are still trying to bring back once they go and finish going and doing all the upgrades they want to do. But unfortunately, I'm impatient, <laughs> and I didn't really want to go and wait, so I ended up switching to Planoly. Um, I was using Planoly for so many of my other clients. It just kind of made sense to have it. It's got the name recognition and all the things and their customer support is really good and all of that stuff. And then I really like that you can go and kind of set up your buckets and your drafts where you can go and kind of categorize all the things that you've gotten there. It's not just one big draft folder, but if I've got like a branding shoot from one person, I can put one photographer's worth of stuff in one folder. I can put all these like mood boards in another folder and just kind of have a bunch of stuff living there that can be posted at oh. any time. Oh, that's handy. Yeah, and that's like one of the things that Sketch Social doesn't offer yet. It's something that they're working on but not available at this mm. moment in time. So, since I've gone and switched over to Planoly and everything, I don't necessarily plan as far in advance as I used to with Sketch Social, but I am definitely more organized with my planning. So, I do have quite a bit of <clears> stuff <throat> like previous work and everything like that all kind of in my little hack, like in my little buckets, if you will, and stuff in my dress holders, so that all the things are available if I need them. But I'll go and usually plan out a couple weeks in advance, um, a month if I'm feeling crazy and stuff like that. But it's always just something where I'll go and I'll sit down, have like a couple weeks planned out, I'll line it up in my grid, and then when I'm just kind of feeling ready to go, then I'll go in and start captioning and scheduling it. So I always like to be a little bit ahead so that. I can just kind of set it and forget it type situation and then just be able to be engaging with my audience authentically when they're commenting on posts and being able to go in and kind of comment on like comment and engage on people that I'm following and people that I want to work with or uh, someone that I see that would be a potential ideal client, et cetera, et cetera. So it, by planning it in advance, it really takes the pressure of <laughs> always having to think about, oh God, what am I going to post? When am I going to post it and all that stuff.
1: I love that. And you mentioned, um, buckets, um, and you kind of, your like what, what you want to say to your ideal client. Um, I would love to hear, you know, if you want to share what those buckets are and how you came to the conclusion that you needed to have those, um, kind of content columns in your social strategy. I think that would be super helpful. And I'm also personally interested. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, every Monday I go and post a mood board Monday. Um, it's one of my favorite things to go and post because what I can either go and post one that's a mood board that was created for a client or I just really enjoy going through and like... My first piece of homework that I assign for all my clients is Pinterest homework. I know most brand designers do that. It's a really powerful tool for when you're going and trying to get an idea visually of what your client likes, what they want, um, and all the things to kind of set up your your mood board, your tone, your color palette, all of that stuff. So there's a lot of times where if I've just got some downtime, I'll just go on Pinterest myself and just make a mood board and everything. And sometimes those become inspiration for future projects. Projects. Um, mm-hmm. So, mood boards are obviously one of the biggest buckets because those get posted every week. I also do a Sunday planning session post every week. Um, I always really like to go and let my audience know kind of what's going on in my world, kind of what what's on the docket for the upcoming week and everything so it's like I've always got these kind of things really set and then once a month I try to do a Friday introductions and all the things but when actually looking at my Planoly so I've got so every time I do a branding shoot I like to work with different photographers if I'm working with the same photographer they'll go back they'll all go into the same folder within Planoly but each brand each photographer gets their own folder so that I know who I'm going and tagging and giving photo credit to when I'm going and posting those mm. photos. If I'm going and uploading something that was like a brand reveal or if I'm wanting to go and kind of re, like, repurpose some older content, like if it's an older project but I still love that reveal that I did, I may post that for a throwback Thursday or something like that. I'll go and pull that same content from Planoly because you know with Planoly you can go and just like, you can go back and kind of pull those things into your drafts again so they live there and you can repost them again at a later date. So I'll go and kind of have mm. those types of things in there. Then I've got like if I want to throw in like a color palette or something that I created I have those buckets living in there like the three big topics that I'm always talking about is branding web design and social and then I've started adding in a lot more business tips as well but for me personally I don't like talking about as much with business tips because I'm not a coach and at this moment in time I don't really plan on going in that direction I really like I really love the design aspect of what I do, and I kind of don't want to step step too far out of that realm. But yeah. you know, talk about what I know, talk about what the people I, t- people I work with want to know. Um, and that was that's really been instrumental with going and making sure that I've got some of that stuff set up. And so that way I don't really have to think about it all the time. I've just kind of got a
0: system and a formula going. And that's how I go and plan all my stuff out. Yeah, that's awesome. And that sounds like something that's very doable for other people that are probably starting out with their Instagram marketing, you know, having buckets of different categories and then dumping a bunch of content in there and then grabbing from that just a couple of weeks in advance. It doesn't even have to be that crazy, right? Even just like a few days before, something, writing out some captions so that everything's sort of more in the moment, present. You're talking about what's going on at this point in time. Do you have any other like suggestions or tips for people to start creating their marketing strategy for Instagram?
2: I'm also very much and analytics like freak, so I'll also go back. <laughs> I love it. That's one of the things that's nice <laughs> yeah, about Panley too, is you can see what some of your highest performing posts are, and I actually have um, a Trello board set up that has the captions from some of my highest performing posts, has the uh-huh. captions of all of those saved in there, so if it's something I want to go and recycle later on, it's not reinventing the wheel every time, especially since at the, like at the end of the day, only 10% of your audience actually sees your post. So just because you post something with a caption one time, if you post that same caption a month, six weeks, eight weeks down the road realistically your audience isn't going to know but because like <laughs> especially because of the algorithm you have to kind of remember some of that stuff and that not everyone's going to see your stuff not everyone's going to be able to read your stuff but if you have something really impactful to say you absolutely can go and re like repurpose that content and it's like and you yeah. should repurpose that content and some of that stuff really helps to go and avoid the creative burnout and going and just being like oh my god like I have to think about captioning today like I at. how am I what am I gonna do like and it definitely helps to alleviate some of that that feeling of being like oh, oh my god Instagram is this beast and how do I go and tame it like this is how you tame it you go and kind of you think about these things in advance you set up your buckets you go and have and it doesn't have to be a Trello board it could be a Google Doc it could be just a notepad or something on your iPad on your or on your computer just somewhere where you keep some of this information whatever works for you and sometimes when you've got some of those pieces to go and sit there and reuse over and over again, it sparks some new creativity. And then you start writing a caption and be like, Oh, I want to go and tweak this this way. You don't have to re reuse the exact same thing, but sometimes it really does help by using it as a starting point.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And most of the time you are going to end up t- deciding to write something else, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like
1: I, I love the idea of like repurposing captions because I mean, generating really, really high quality content, especially caption writing is probably the Thing that takes me the most time when planning my social media. Um, but I just wanted to share with you guys really quick that jog my memory, the way that I come up with ideas for my captions is I have a note, uh, like in my notes app on my phone and on my laptop that whenever I have like a thought or I run into a problem or I have some type of situation where I'm like, man, this would make a really great like thing to share on social. I just like dump it into this really long list of like Content ideas that I have. Some of them will make it onto Instagram. Some of them, you know, might make it onto this podcast. Some of them might make it, you know, like onto Twitter or wherever. But when I use an idea, I'll, I'll like bold it. So I know like when I, when I use it and I I should actually put a date next to it, but I have like a really, really long list. I'm looking at it right now of just like random ideas, facts, quotes are really big. I'll just throw them in there if I'm reading something. And so whenever I sit down to plan content, I'm not like sitting down on, you know, to just a blank screen with the cursor blinking. I can go to my ideas list and be like, okay, cool. Like I talked about this last month, like, Oh, there's this quote that I wanted to share. Like, and then I can just kind of draw from that so I don't have to be like incredibly inspired in the moment to like sit down and like oh I'm gonna just write this amazing caption it's like that inspiration happens like over the course of my month like while I'm doing my work Yeah. Um. so I love doing that you guys should totally do it if you haven't started
2: <laughs> yeah that's a great tip that is actually a really great tip like like I was mentioning to you before we started recording that client that I was talking about that wanted that just wants to understand why we can't use a photo in her logo why it needs to be in a graphic kind of form Like, that's a perfect caption on Instagram. It's a perfect blog post. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a a particular topic where not many people may know that information. So it's, like, going and having that available to kind of jog your memory. Be like, okay, so I'm going to write a caption about this. Okay, I'm going to write a blog post about this. Oh, I might go and create a freebie about this. Like, a real, like, true informational document about this. Email,
1: just Anything that we do that we communicate with our clients, you know, not every idea is gonna work, you know, as a blog post or as an Instagram caption, but like, you know, and then like if you do use something as an Instagram caption, you're like, wait, I wonder if I could expand on this, then you can repurpose that as a blog post, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a really great, there are great ways to just use the things, just the thoughts that pop into your head while you're in the shower, you know, if you grab your phone and write it down. (laughs) I've definitely done that before. Like, there are like, the content generation and creation, like it does take a really long time and like you can outsource, but if you're not at that point yet where you're ready to hire someone to create that content for you, like you can do it. You know, you can make your content stretch. You can make it fresh. You can make it really authentic. Um, just because of, you know, the nature of what we do is so fun. And we run into so many like highs and lows that, you know, we can, we can use, yeah. um, as content later yeah, on. And
0: even last week, um, when Jen and I were talking to each other on Slack, I said something and I thought, Ooh, I'm going to re- purpose this for an Instagram caption.
1: <laughs> and so I did. Oh, and she absolutely <laughs> did. And then it like, I feel like it performed really well. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I loved that one. <laughs> so Amber, you sort of mentioned this earlier but do you also post on real time like do you ever find yourself in a moment where you see your your planned content and you see oh this doesn't really work for right now I want to talk about something else and you switch it off like in the moment and post it same day or like next day
2: yes awesome like all the time so if some like if there's like a situation like even though I'm going and planning in advance and stuff like that things that are more time sensitive real time um like when I go and have a website that finishes up so if a like I have a website site or brand that I finish up that maybe I have three weeks worth of content kind of already scheduled and ready to go I'll go and just move something in there like nobody knows whether or not it's kind of like whether or not I was totally intending on that to be there or whatever but I'll go anything that's like something super exciting or time sensitive or like a brand new anything that I really want to go and post like I'm not going to go and wait till the end of what's already scheduled I'll go and post that now so I'll just kind of go I always go and like switch things around same thing if I'm going and actually posting anything personal on my Instagram. Like there'll be times where I'm on vacation or I'm just kind of going, going out with friends or something like that. I don't do that as often because the idea of going and really using my Instagram for kind of for those personal reasons and stuff, I, I feel like it needs to be a little bit separated. Um, I like to show enough of my personal life in there to kind of really be able to give really be able to go and show me as a person, but also let make sure that no people who know me and everything, but also know that my Instagram is for a business.
1: I love that. You know, like I, I, I feel like as designers, it's hard, you know, to remember that, like, you know, we need to post things that are other than our work on our feeds. You know, like when I first started, I was just like, oh, I'll just like make it kind of like a portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, like share, like you know, this is a logo. I just did, and like while that's important for your audience to see your style, I. I honestly think that it's equally as important, if not more important to be sharing those like real time, like, hey guys, like I had a hard day, like, you know, getting on, you know, your, your stories or, or even, you know, showing your face and doing a Friday introductions. Like that is just one, I mean, it's one of the things that, I've had clients mention to me about like, you know, people that I found through Instagram or people have found me through Instagram. Like, Hey, like I, I felt really comfortable reaching out to you because I saw, you know, this little story that you did, or I saw, um, you know, that you posted about loving the office and I also love the office or, or whatever, you know, <laughs> like little things like that, because what we do is so personal, you know, like, especially if you work one-on-one with just like solopreneurs, people who are just like, I mean, their business is their baby. It's like incredibly hard to like give away that trust to someone to like create you know, an outfit for it, an identity for it. So like we need to be sharing those like personal things to where, you know, someone feels comfortable reaching out to you and they feel like, you know, that you would understand them and be responsive to them in their business. Yeah, and on
0: top of that, like the amount of the investment in it, you know, they want to make sure that, yes, this is someone that they trust, that they like, that they want to work with. So showing your personality online is a good thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would, yes. And I always tell people if people are like a little nervous about kind of posting those things to their feed, like utilize your stories like post it post it to your stories put it in that highlight reel where it's like it's there but it's not like in your face there like i have like i don't want to post 9 million pictures of my six cats and dogs to my instagram because people would think i'm insane <laughs> i don't think you're insane
1: <laughs> my entire my entire feed camera roll is my dog so if you're not insane so
2: if i know exactly not- if you actually look at the photos on my phone it's like literally Oh, there's literally 3,000 photos on my phone. And that's after I just deleted 4,000 photos that were on my phone. Going <laughs> back from like the first time I had an iPhone. You've got to love how the cloud will hoard that oh, stuff. I yeah. know. And then you go and find like a treasure trove and you're like, I thought I deleted this a long time ago. <laughs> I literally found photos from 2004 on my oh phone. My, oh my God. Were iPhones even around at that point? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, they were they were just like brand new or something like that but it was just like it was insane or like maybe I might have like downloaded it from like oh god this is really gonna date me downloaded it from like my myspace or something like that and it was living on my phone right there with you it's just like oh my lord the good old days before (laughs) facebook was king but like just like all the things and it's like you go through and if like someone was to look through my phone photos they'd be like oh my god you're insane please go (laughs) please go spend time with humans like you know like your Dog is adorable, but you don't need 18 photos of her sleeping. <laughs> right. But like
1: but like like you said before though, like I mean, people want to work with people, you know, like not like just picture-perfect, like, little design cyborgs that, like, share, like, pretty logos and stuff, you know? So, like, I, I mean, I try as much as I can to, like, show, you know, interesting things that happen in my day. And, like, whether that's my dog, like, doing something cute or, like, I went somewhere fun. Like, you know, I... Most of my days I spend at home doing my work. So like whenever I do go out and do something, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I should share this, um, on my Instagram, just so people can kind of like have like a little connection. And honestly, the most engagement that I get even beyond my feed is when I post something that's not pretty, but is interesting on my stories. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, people will ask like, Oh, where'd you go? Or like, that's really cool. Or that's, you know, like, like they will ask a question and like, I end up getting a ton of engagement from that. Um, and that actually kind of leads us into, um, Um, this question that I have for you, Amber, can you kind of speak to a little bit about the difference between, um, the numbers and the engagement and why having like high rates of engagement is so important and why maybe having like those bigger numbers isn't as important. Not that you don't have the big numbers because she does, you (laughs) guys can go check her out, but like, can you just kind of speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when Instagram first started taking over, like everyone was all about like the number, the number, the number. Like they didn't care about the engagement, didn't care about the number, like the really the authentic audience that was happening. And that's what led into a lot of people going and creating bot accounts and fake accounts. So when you're going and working with like a business or an influencer or something like that, or like any Instagram model, like if they've got these like super high numbers, but there's really no there really isn't a person behind that that number doesn't necessarily equal more dollars in your pocket. So there's a lot of times where like I'll admit like I have that 10k number in my head because I want the swipe up, but mm-hmm. I I don't want to go and get that in a really like spammy like not authentic way. Like I want to make sure that yes my account is growing, but I want to grow it in an authentic and engaging way so that the people that are going and commenting on my on my feed, going and liking my photos, going and commenting back and all of that stuff. That's how your that's how your account really grows and does well. So one of the really big things to go and take into consideration, you can have fifteen thousand followers or something like that. Like just we'll just use that as a number: fifteen thousand followers. But you go and post something, and maybe like forty two people like it. Um, when you're going and looking at like when people are looking at your account. They're going to look at that and they're going to immediately be turned off by it. So it's like that means you like you really do go and have like you've got the lowest possible engagement score ever. That's like what, like a point one percent or something. And when you've got 15,000 followers only getting 42 likes like. Just using using the whole fact that like ten percent of your audience will see your it see your post. So if only ten percent of your fifteen thousand people, that's one hundred and fifty people that should minimum be seeing and engaging on your post. Forty two people are going and commenting on it or like engaging on it, and that's all you're getting. Then that's a really big red flag. Whereas then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where maybe you have like 500 people that follow you. But you go and post something and 100 people are engaging on it, going and commenting on it, sharing it, saving it. And you can see, you if you've got a business Instagram account, you can view those insights really fast. So who do you think is gonna make the most money or make more money or gonna do better with their audience? The person who's got 15,000 followers and only 42 people engaging or the person who's got 500 followers and 100 people engaging. So that 100 people engaging, they've got a 20% engagement rate. Like, that's insane in Instagram world versus mm-hmm. the person who's got 15,000 and only has 42 people with, like, their 0.1% going and engaging. Like, that's not, like, that's not the numbers you want. So, right. and, it's, mm-hmm. and it literally is because... When Instagram started, so many people were so obsessed with that number, and they started buying followers, they started buying fake accounts, like, and there's still programs out there that do that, where you can literally go and pay, like, basically pay for likes. You can go and pay for, pay for followers, and they're always like, oh, no, it's real authentic followers, and blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. Like, Instagram knows better, (laughs) and Instagram does those, does massive purges, All the time and gets really, really does a good job of getting rid of a lot of those fake followers and stuff like that so that for the people who are actually doing Instagram in the doing Instagram the right way, all of those issues kind of go away. So they definitely, yeah. and they do really start to flood, like when you're going and using some of those shady practices and going and buying followers and not really focusing on engagement and instead focusing on the number, Instagram's going to start to penalize you too. So it's not only is it that you're not going to get any, like really any, any money in your pocket because nobody gives a, a poop about what you're saying or anything. <laughs>
1: I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And like, as someone who started Instagram doing like a follow and follow in order to like get high numbers, like this was like years ago when I had my Etsy shop, like, uh, I still have a lot of those followers that just aren't engaging on my content. And so right. Like my goal right now with my Instagram is to kind of pivot and like not care about any of the numbers and really just look and see the quality of people who are following me. One of the things that I do when I'm looking at the quality of someone else's account, you know, when I'm checking out a, potential client or, you know, like I'm looking to see if there's someone that I would want to collaborate with, I go and look at the number of people that they're following and see kind of like the comparison between the number of people that are like their followers and then their following. If you have someone who like is following like 100,000 people, you know, and then like they have a high number, it's like, well maybe those followers aren't like super engaged with you or, you know, they're probably just like people who followed you back. If you're like following a hundred thousand people and you have 5,000 followers, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I like go out and like try to judge other people, but like, if I'm, you know, looking at, you know, even a service that I'm trying to purchase from, you know, like if I'm looking for a VA or I'm looking for a social media manager, you know, I'm going to look at those stats and you know, you're, you're, you're all of you guys, all of your clients are smart, you know, like our clients are smart people. Like if they're business owners, like they have a, a level head on their shoulders and like, they're going to be doing the same things that we do when we're looking at other people, you know, to hire. So they're going to be looking at, um, you know, not like not how higher numbers are, but you know, if they're smart, they'll be looking at the number of people you're following, the types of accounts that you're following, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. We really covered a lot of ground here. I mean, Instagram is just such a rich, you know, place for, for conversation about, you know, business and, and marketing, um, separate from its, you know, original intent as a social media platform. And I really feel like Instagram has kind is kind of heading in a place where, you know, we're going to see incredible growth in, you know, our businesses and our followers. Um, They're rolling out amazing new features. I know um, uh, TV. What is it? Instagram TV. What is it? I, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember. See, like I'm behind the times already, guys. There's a, the, so IGTV, probably by the time this podcast comes out, is it's kind of old. I mean, it already has been around for a while, but that is a really big place where I'm personally looking to, you know, continue creating content. Maybe, um, actually one of my friends told me that she's going to be taking her blog posts and she's just going to set up her camera and make an IGTV video for each of her blog posts where she just kind of chats through like the outline of her blog post in case there are people out there that want to consume her content that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, and so again, like content repurposing, you know, Mm -hmm. so like, I think the bottom line that like, we want you guys to walk away with after listening to this episode is that like Instagram can be overwhelming if you let it. Um, and you are, you have all the tools, you know, in your toolkit and all of the knowledge and all of the ideas that you need to be successful on Instagram and to really connect with those dream clients, um, that you're looking for, because I know all three of us like have found like incredible success, you know, with social media as a marketing tool and it is free, you know, it is just such a great, a great resource. Um, one of my very first clients, one of my first dream clients just found me out of the blue on Instagram and like, it felt like magic, you know? So uh, there's such a conversation around it, but bottom line is you don't need to be scared or nervous, um, around it. Um, and hopefully some of the strategies we've chatted about today uh, are helpful And you also have a great community surrounding you um, in our Facebook
0: group of people who are in all different places in their journey um, um, in marketing on Instagram. Yeah. Amber, do you have any um, last tips that you want to give to brand designers to market themselves for Instagram?
2: I think my biggest tip is just don't be so hard on yourself. Like, don't play the game of going and trying to compare yourself to others. There's you have no idea how long people have been around, how much they've struggle to get where they are, any of that stuff, because at the end of the day, every story is unique. Every person is unique. And instead of trying to go and market yourself to be the next version or the same version of so-and-so, kind of just use them as inspiration. And then, but really make sure that you are being personal and authentically you. Um, There's so many, it's such a saturated market and everything. And there's so many people out there that really are using Instagram in the same way as you So you want to make sure that you are bringing something to the table in order to stand out
0: in that that super saturated crowd. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome advice. I guess as we wrap up this episode, how do we get in touch with you, Amber? What is your website, social media, anything else we want to know?
2: Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at just Amber Hukari. Um, my website is Amber Hukari Creative, and um, I actually just recently launched a template shop for Show It and WordPress sites. So I do want to go and offer Yay. a discount code for anyone that is that listens to the podcast and decides they want to go and make the investment in a template. So if they go and want to, if they go and are listening to this, um, have them reach out or just go ahead and reach out to me at hello at Amber Hukari Creative, and I'd like to go and offer anyone who wants to go and purchase a template, uh, 20% off and I'll go and send you a code. Once you go and reach out and say that you heard about me on the podcast.
1: Awesome. That's so exciting. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amber. Yeah. Like we really appreciate that. And like, you know, one of the big reasons why we wanted to start better, um, the podcast and the community was for, you know, to have people like you on, share your expertise, share your experiences with people. And then, you know, kind of throw out a little, a little gift for everyone. So if you guys want to interact with Amber in our Facebook group, she is one of our founding members. Um, so she is in there. If you have questions for her or just kind of general questions, or you want to share your experience around Instagram marketing, we would absolutely love to hear about it in our Facebook group. Um, if you go to our website, betterbranddesigner.com, you can join the Facebook group from there, um, or, um, on our Instagram at, um, better podcast. Awesome. Thank you guys. Guys for
0: another great episode
1: yes thank you guys so much for having me of course thank you yeah thanks for being here We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. I bet you've got
0: a designer friend who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Working from home got
1: you down? That's exactly what our Facebook group is for. Search for Better, a Brand Designer podcast to
0: join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other.